And what, again, the last two years taught me was that being in nature and having a, a much lower pace of life actually creates more flow. I just can't describe how much clarity I got connecting more deeper with nature. I'm Patricia Kaziro, the founder of the Impact Business School, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Meet the Leaders, Insider Stories with Impact Business Innovators. Our mission at the Impact Business School is to educate and empower impact-driven CEOs to build ethical and sustainable companies that create social and ecological change. The Impact Business School is a digital ecosystem that connects impact-driven entrepreneurs to affordable, high-quality business education and the resources, partnerships and global opportunities to scale high-impact companies. Through the Meet the Leaders podcast, I'm bringing you the stories behind the new wave of profit for purpose companies, as well as the social enterprises and B Corps that have progressive missions and are tackling social justice issues, as well as the climate crisis. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm speaking with Michelle Sutherland. She is the founder of Definity and is a B Corp consultant who works with entrepreneurs to create the highest standards of business in terms of being ethical and sustainable. She also creates educational programs for youth to empower them through entrepreneurship and leadership. And this is a really powerful conversation because it centers on reaching your highest potential as a leader, placing yourself in an environment that helps you to thrive in business and life, and also following your intuition to blend together your values and uh, to connect into this new wave of profit for purpose business that's doing social good and protecting the environment. I invite you to have a listen, take away the learnings, and to scale your own impact through ethical and sustainable business. Michelle, it is so wonderful to have you here on Meet the Leaders Insider Stories with Impact Business Innovators. We often have um, such deep conversations and I felt that it was necessary to bring you onto the program so that we could share some of our dialogue with our audience because we connect so well over our shared values. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, let's get started. Could you share a little bit about your startup story? What inspired you to establish Definity and what's your business mission? Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm sure like most people, I found myself um, last year in 2020 sort of um, grounded. You know, I wasn't able to fly anywhere. I was normally before that, I was always flying within Australia, overseas. I was always on the go. And for the first time in a long time, I'd actually been grounded in the one place. And that one place was the beautiful um, east coast of Sydney, Bondi, which I was very grateful to live there at yes. that time and so I just found myself walking in nature and tuning into nature more than I ever have to the point where at least three hours of the day I would just walk and walk and walk and um, you know sit in silence and um, you know probably not realizing at the time but definitely in deep meditation and deep um, um, sort of mindfulness and I just started to think of a couple of questions. So a couple of questions that came up for me as I found myself in this sort of global pandemic was, you know, what more can I do for my community? What more can I do for our planet? And mm. I just sat with questions and what interestingly came up was this really beautiful moment of reflection where I'd realized 
that 11 years prior to June 2020, I, I actually started my own social marketing business with Arbonne in the middle of the financial crisis, the global financial crisis. And I went, wow, that that one decision in that crisis defined the next 11 years of my life in so many ways, sure. yeah. in positive ways, you know? Yes. And so I thought, well, Michelle, and that led me to another question, which was, what are you going to do in this crisis that's going to, is going to positively impact you and others in the next 11 years? As I started to ask myself that, the few things had been bubbling. I had a huge passion for social entrepreneurship, for B Corp certification. That those two things had been bubbling for a couple of years prior, but and I didn't really know how it was all going to come together. And just in those in those moments of stillness, it became very clear. So straight away, um, I came up with this business, Definity, mm. um, which was has got a double mission, which is one helping organizations to become B Corp certified. So helping them becoming more sustainable across every area of their business, but more socially, environmentally aware, like, you know, with their workers, with their customers, with their community, with their environment. Um, And then taking a percentage of the profits to help the second mission of the business, which was, uh, which is to help educate young people about the power of their mind, social entrepreneurship, and B Corp certification, because I thought, well, we help the businesses of today become better, but we can help the businesses of tomorrow through educating young people. And so that's how Definity came about. There's a lot of reflection, there's a lot of walks, there was a lot of spending time in nature, but essentially I realized Definity, um, you know, when I looked at my life and I looked at um, how I'd made an impact through business and in my job when I had that a few years ago, it was, you know, making defining decisions. Yes. And I think if you can make a defining decision mm. and commit to infinite change, because that is the constant, then you're always going to be a, a better business. You're always going to be a better human, you know? And so that's where Definity comes from. It's a completely made up word, but <laughs> um, defining decisions and infinite change. And that's what we're committed to in helping organizations make that those defining decisions to commit to infinite change for the greater good look that's a wonderful mission and we'll we'll delve into that a little bit more in a moment but I I absolutely love that both your businesses have been born out of a period of crisis yeah and uh almost this liminal space we've been Mm -hmm. all living through for the past 18 months during the pandemic that this was a, a catalyst to actually create something new and to really yeah. tap into your values and what you've been seeing uh, and a shifting consciousness about doing business better. And I think it's important for all people, no matter, like, you know, obviously in a crisis, you have two decisions. Mm. Again, defining decisions, you either sit in the pit of what that's like and, you know, and all the things that are wrong and all the things that are not going for you, or you make a decision to use it as a point of reflection or a point to sort of think, right, well, what do I want to do? Like, what what am I going to choose? How am I going to show up in the world based on this crisis? And Absolutely. You chose to do something that was going to benefit other people. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And the B Corp movement is growing. So there's now more than 4,000 B Corps in 70 countries and 150 industries. Yeah. For our listeners who are not familiar with what a B Corp is, 
Could you give us a quick rundown of how these companies actually aspire to build better businesses with a sustainable, ethical and inclusive business model? So how do you go about working with these companies to to achieve that? Yeah, so, um, you know, B Corp, as you said, is is growing fairly fast. Even in Australia and New Zealand, there's about 400 companies that have the certification. And Mm. definitely Australia is showing signs that, you know, for-profit businesses and social enterprises really want to get this certification. So it's really, it's really um, heartwarming to see that sort of trend happening here in Australia. Um, but yeah, you know, the process that you go through is, I think the reason businesses and these CEOs or entrepreneurs are attracted to this movement is because it stands for something more than profit alone. And, um, you know, organizations that are purpose-driven or people-driven, are planet-driven, community-minded, you know, they see this certification as a third-party certification that really gives them that trust stamp that perhaps consumers, maybe not right now because it's just starting to become, you know, more more out there. I think people are just starting to find out about it now and what that means, this little B Corp logo. But I think, um, yeah, they, they just want to do better and, What's great about going through the B Corp process is, you know, it's not easy. It is fairly rigorous. And I think yes. most, most of you that will know B Corp <laughs> will know this. And that's why we exist is because we understand how painful it can be sometimes or how challenging. Um, so, you know, you have to go through 200 questions in this impact assessment to look at the impact that you have as an organization across every area. And this is what I love is it's not just, you know, your community, it's not just the environment, but it's like, how do you treat your people? Like in real detail, what policies do you have in place? Do you offer more than just professional development? Do you, you know, hire people without, um, you know, judgment? You know, there's lots of things that are in that, that these questions in this assessment allow an organization to go through to see, okay, so we do some of this, but we maybe don't do all of it. And it sort of gets them on this path of really incrementally improving and changing um, every area of their business over time. So the B Corp assessment, that impact assessment itself is a free online tool. You go on there, you look at all the questions, but what's really amazing is there's a board of advisors and experts across every single area from employees to how you treat customers, environmental um, elements to sustainability, that actually input into those questions and, you know, modify it with the best practices um, across every area. So you know that when you go through that process or you align your business to that framework, you are, you know, looking at the best practices across all social and environmental impacts. And as you said, really building a business ethically and yes, obviously we want profit. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in having money in good hands, mm. but I don't believe profit comes first because when I was in the corporate world, I saw that fail over and over and over, you know, um, it was okay for short term, but it wasn't really a long-term sustainable business. So what the whole process and movement um, does is it attracts purpose-driven businesses, but even if you don't feel you're quite there, by going through the process, you start to understand what that could look like. You start to realize what are the things that we could change to actually be more mindful 
of the impact that we're making in providing this product or service. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a long answer, but essentially it's lots of different things, but really rigorous, really detailed and looks at every part of your business to be good and to be better. Well, thank you for sharing, Michelle. And I think in a nutshell, what you're getting at really is that you do help guide entrepreneurs through that process of becoming an ethical and sustainable business using the B Corp measurements and their certification process, which, as you say, it can be quite rigorous, but it's working towards building a model company. So, yeah. Given that you um, you facilitate this process and there, there, there is such a ripple effect and this is so well aligned with what we're working towards at the Impact Business School in terms of empowering impact entrepreneurs to also set up model businesses that are ethical and sustainable, what would you be proud to say that you've accomplished over the next five years? Like how do you measure your own impact when you are working with businesses that are impactful? So, I mean, the first place that I always like to start before even thinking about the next five years is, you know, what I'm proud of, even just a year into this business, is that we have helped eight organizations go through this process and even get to the point where they've completed the assessment. 80% of the <laughs> don't complete the assessment. So I'm so proud and grateful that these organizations that we have been working with, these eight organizations have actually done it which is that's incredible yeah congratulations that's that's a wonderful achievement in your first year of business yeah and um would you be able to share just to give us a little bit of an insight into the types of businesses that you're helping to build um just to give us an example of one or two we have attracted very different organizations probably more small and medium sized and you know maybe one sort of moving into the larger end of town but you know one of them is actually um an impact software company so they are actually building an app that measures the actions that you can take to do good um in relation to united nations sustainability goals so it's a really cool app it's actually um just about to be launched so very new um but yeah that's an example of one organization and then you know, we have, um, you know, I can share with one that we have certified the first B Corp certified hairdresser in Australia and New Zealand. That was Sessions Hairdressing in um, wow. Sydney. Um, and so we helped them towards the end of last year. And so they, what's powerful about them and the founder is they've been the first. They've decided to go first in that industry. And because mm. of that, we've actually got a ripple effect of other hairdressing salons that want to do the same. That's and excellent. Yeah. There's real practical things that hairdressing salons can do to um, make these changes to be more social and environmentally aware. Um, but, it, you know, it's really cool to see that sort of ripple effect happen. So, those are a couple of examples. And I would say, going back to your original question of like, what would I love to see in the next five years? Um, and again, proud, another proud moment <laughs> up until this point is that we have actually rolled out um, an educated, um, um, a group of students in Mount Gambia and South Australia on social entrepreneurship, the power of the mind and B Corp. And it just went so well. Um, and they really resonated with it that we decided to do a tri- like a trial online with other students across the country. Um, and that went extremely well as well with amazing feedback from students. So now we're at the point of like, okay, how do we scale this? How do we take this content? Mm. How do we structure it and how do we deliver it to as many students as we can? And 
we feel at the moment because the education system has been disrupted in a lot of ways because people have had to homeschool that we have this opportunity to go direct to the parents and the students and offer this as something they can do at home. You know, even if they go back to school, it's something that, you know, the feedback that we re receive from the students is that they would want this on top of their educational learning from school because it's quite different. It's not things that generally come up in mainstream schools. Um, so, yeah, so what we're looking at now, so the next sort of five years is my goal is to help 100 businesses go mm. through the B Corp process and actually complete it. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yes. And, and so that's what I would love to do and impact at least 10,000 students so that, uh, you know, whether that's in Australia or globally, but, you know, I'd really love to help where I am now, which is Australia. So, um, yeah, we want to make sure that young people get to know about this way, this potential path that they could go on as an entrepreneur, but really social entrepreneurship. And, you know, and sometimes people don't understand what social entrepreneurship is. Um, because, you know, we just know the term entrepreneur, but social entrepreneur is very much, you know, seeing a problem and coming up with a solution that really has a positive impact on the environment or politically or some sort of real social issue. And that's what we want to encourage because we really believe that that's what young people are going to be faced with. They're inheriting quite a lot of problems um, absolutely and, and I think it's a, such a wonderful yeah. mission to yeah. be able to support youth uh, as you as you grow adult businesses but to be looking to yeah. the future as you say with future generations yeah. who are inheriting so many problems and yeah. what, what sort of gaps have you seen um, going into Mount Gambia school um, what sort of gaps did you see in the curriculum or what what didn't exist that you felt you could plug that gap with an entrepreneurship program well, I think the really cool thing, and credit to Mount Gambia High School and Jess, who I'm working with there, she's an entrepreneurial education teacher. South Australia as a state has a five-year strategy plan and budget already in place that actually encourages entrepreneurship. So they have a couple of high schools where they are actively um, investing in young people and teaching them entrepreneurship. And that's how we got involved just because we knew Jess, the local teacher, and we started to have conversations about how we could work together. So I think full credit goes to South Australia. I don't believe, as far as I know, that any other state has made that investment or got that strategy in place. So it'd be really cool to see that evolve in other states. But, you know, one of the gaps that we definitely saw was even with that entrepreneurial education, it was um, they weren't really talking about social entrepreneurship as as a sort of um, type of mm. entrepreneurship, you know, more probably traditional entrepreneurs like we see like out there in the world. I won't name any names, but you know those. Um, I know who you mean. I was yeah, yeah, those <laughs> iconic entrepreneurs. That see, yeah, might not necessarily yeah be driven by purpose, people, and planet. Let's just say there's yes. some that definitely are, but I think there's some that aren't. And so, but even like even how. I wanted to teach was absolutely showcase all entrepreneurship, but let's have a real lens. Let's have a real laser beam focus on social entrepreneurship. And so that's where we saw a gap. And then definitely B Corp. I mean, most adults and business owners don't even know about B Corp certification. So the mm. fact that young people at age 14, 15 and 16 are getting to know about a framework and a, a way of building a business that completely just guides them 
Um, I just thought that would be incredible for them to know that right now and actually to know who, who those B Corp organizations are, like the Patagonias, the Ben and Jerry's, the All Words from New Zealand, the, you know, um, the banks beyond bank and Bank Australia that we have here that actually really are community banks and they're both B Corp certified and they do so much um, good in the world as well as being a bank. So we wanted young people to know about those brands absolutely um, you know what it meant and so yes. I think that's the gap that's what absolutely it's not currently it's not currently available so you're, you're really innovating in this high school education space as well yeah and I can relate to that because when I studied the university business school three years ago it didn't support social impact entrepreneurship mm-hmm. at all and without yeah. without going into all of that storyline that is an adult education environment at a time when if you simply look on Instagram, you can see the volume of people who are actually committed to creating small startups, SMEs that are ethical and sustainable. And the education system was so out of touch with the reality certainly of where my professional experience lay, but also more broadly what people are shifting towards in terms of what they want to create through business and the impact that they want to make. So I look forward to following your progress there and, in terms of your own entrepreneurial journey and how you started out, so you started out as a consultant for Abon, yeah. which is the vegan and plant-based B Corp who specialise yeah. in empowering people to flourish through sustainable, healthy living. Yeah. One of the things we connected over when we first met was you sent me a couple of videos about their founder, Abon's founder, Peter mm-hmm. Mork, and told me how much he'd been an inspiration to you and how he supported women to set up their own businesses. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what else informs your leadership style, having now been running businesses for several years? Mm. What, who and what inspires you and the way that you lead within your business? Mm, that's a very big question. And I'm like, oh, who <laughs> um, for me, I, I always go back to where I've come from, you know, Paisley in Scotland, a sort of small town there and I look at my family and I look at the values and I look who was who surrounded me and I was very fortunate to have a number of role models that I have emanated and that's that the word emanate yeah you know I've really looked at them and how they went about life and business or even their work um and so I think back to you know and and that to me having strong values and having a, a solid mindset is actually a big part of leadership. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a famous person or, you know, a famous entrepreneur. Like for me, I just looked at my family. So I looked at my grandparents who always led with love, always yes. like pure, unconditional love. And especially my grandfather who had, you know, no judgment on anyone. He was mm. a pure, pure soul to the point where, we, I think you should probably be a saint, to be honest. <laughs> What's, was, can we know, have a shout out to your grandfather? Who, who's your grandfather? Yeah, Grandpa John, John McClintock. I actually think it, at one point I did see <laughs> they were like big Catholics. And at one point I did think about writing a letter to the Pope saying, I don't know, I don't know what your saint process is, but I really think it should be John McClintock because he just, he just, he just was in service his whole life to not only his wife, his children, his grandchildren, his community. Mm. He just did pure love and massive, massive faith and good, you know? So I think of him, I think of my gran who equally had pure love, you know, more sort of physical touch, love, 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 but, you yeah. know, she had a sense of humour. And so I look at that, I look at my mum, 
who was a single mum and literally went out every single day working three jobs a day to provide for my brother and I and you know when you don't necessarily need to be told certain things but if you're shown it what it means to get up and work and show up despite your circumstances Mm. you see that you see that every day you know Mm. and so I definitely have my mother to thank for that hard work ethic and persistence and having like a vision for she had a massive vision for my brother and I so to have you know the things that we needed but also to experience things that she really wanted us to experience so and then looking beyond that my brother was an entrepreneur from the age of 14 15 he was just like he was so much braver than me he just quit school and was like I'm done Um, (laughs) and I was a bit more like no I'll follow the system for a little bit longer you know but yeah. He just went out on his own and has just always had that entrepreneur mindset. Um, you know, and even looking at aunts and uncles. So I, I honestly look at my family for leadership. I look at look at the values that they have and I embody them and I stay true to them because yes. I feel that those values, especially in Scotland, they're so grounded, they're so honest, integrity. Um, you know, so I really always aim to embody that and stay true to those values that aren't actually mine sometimes your family values don't need to be yours eventually but I definitely see a lot of them in myself today so I'd say that and I would say you know every single person I meet I always love to know their story because I think there's real leadership in everyone and you know it just takes a couple of questions and a lot of listening active listening to really hear what people have overcome adversities and trauma like whatever it is you know there's greatness in everyone and I I truly believe that of course there's more iconic leaders that we might know of um you know Audrey Hepburn is definitely one of mine and always has been and not just as an actress but our humanitarian work she was probably not as well known for that but when you dig deeper again like you know she was definitely someone I admired and but yeah I, I feel as if there's a leadership story in everyone and I think you just need to ask a few questions and even young people yes. now that I'm working with them a bit more they just blow my mind they just they they are incredible leaders. incredible well thank you for sharing your leadership story Michelle and it's it's a, such a powerful powerful one in that it's so family oriented and based on having that hard work ethic and and compassionate outlook towards others and I can't wait to see where that takes you because it's really a, a servant leadership model mm. uh, of showing other people the right way to lead. And as yeah. you say, being extremely interested in the talent and um, the people that you work with and developing that out. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that you're from, from Paisley, Scotland, and I know that yeah. you've lived in Sydney for about 11 years and now you've moved up to Byron Bay, Bundjalung yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, I remember you saying that, the environment that you're in is really important in terms of helping you to reach your full potential. And there's a certain expansion that happens when you're in the right physical space. What has moving to Byron Bay brought to your inner world or your, your sense of being in the world that's been positive over the last six months? Well, a lot, to be honest. (laughs) Um, It's a lot, but with much less, if that makes sense. So I've lived in cities, London, Melbourne, Sydney for, yeah, since I left Scotland, 2007. And so I've always been around these sort of busy, buzzy areas. And and what, again, last year taught me or the last two years taught me was that being in nature and having a, a much slower pace of life 
actually creates more flow Mm. um, and clarity. Like I just can't describe how much clarity I got connecting more deeper with nature. And, you know, that that simply for me was like a walk up and down the coast from Bondi to Kuji every single day for like three or four months. And believe me, before that, I was very much in the gym, do a 45 minute body attack class, get back home and get on the laptop kind of gal. So sure. I definitely went from that shift. to, it was a big shift. And mm. so what I realized is in nature and in quieter environments, so you might not think like people go, oh, Bondi was so quiet and it was next to the ocean. And, and yeah, absolutely. But it was still very busy. You know, they're busy, people coming and going all the time, you know, traffic up and down the roads. And But when you move to a place like Byron, and you, equally, I think people say Byron's busy as well. But for me, the, the where I am, it's definitely much quieter. And so when you have a quieter environment, you're surrounded by trees or ocean, you start to be more in tune with nature. You know, the thing I've learned, again, in the last two years, from some Aboriginal elders that I spoke to as, you know, their belief is we are nature and nature is us. And when you tune into the cycle of nature, the way it's supposed to be, and I think a lot of us have lost that, and I certainly had, was that you start to just slow down the pace, your breath gets slower, you start to relax. Um, and what happens is, in this really amazing place of stillness, and you know, it might take a bit of time to get there, but I got there very quickly and what happened was this huge clarity on why I was here, what I had to do from a work perspective, what I had to do from a relationship perspective, like, oh, this ripple sense of purpose, sense of purpose, sense of everything and just the well-being, just like even people have said to me, like from Sydney to Byron in six months, mm. you're glowing even more and I'm not changing <laughs> my little you know skincare routine apart from a couple of products but like you sure. know I've changed my green smoothies or like I've been doing all those things what I've changed is my physical location and people can see that in me yes and I and that you're embodying there. you're embodying that and then nature and vibration slow down become still and you just listen mm. your intuition your deep deep knowing and intuition you don't need anyone else you don't need you know it's always I think it's great to get feedback sometimes but deep down you know why you're here you're just not being quiet enough and still enough to listen Mm. and so that's what it's brought me and and I would say the last thing as well as nature is definitely learning more about our indigenous culture and the more and I've been fortunate enough to be in the presence of in some incredible elders Yes. Um, more so here actually since I've moved um, and the more that I listen to them and how they speak of country and how they speak about being I mean so much wisdom like mm. so much wisdom. I think here's a 60,000 year old culture yes. the oldest in the world and we have the opportunity to listen to these wise souls and yes. so for me that is hugely important and that has been a gift of coming here um massively yeah it's really allowed me to tune into their wisdom to apply that today fantastic well it, it sounds as though it's been such a um a game changer to be in that new environment and such an inspiration and I really love that you talk about 
listening in to that quiet and that within yourself you actually have the answers because so many entrepreneurs who have very difficult callings like complex missions to solve social and environmental problems Mm. it's very hard to get up and do that every day this is what I hear when I work with these types of entrepreneurs and that ability to actually listen and tap into your own source and your own capacity without the self-doubt yeah. <laughs> that, that naturally arises as mm. an entrepreneur is so important. Yeah. So I, I love that wisdom is something that you're finding is being self-created through the environment you've chosen to place yourself in. And I'm sure there's a, a takeaway for our listeners about where they choose to be, um, whether it's a a purpose-driven co-working space or getting out into nature or moving into a a space that's more expansive. So just as we we finish up, Michelle, you talked about kids being a massive inspiration and that they have this leadership themselves. What have you learned and what do you love about working with children? I've related to children all my life. I don't know if it's... um because I'm a bit of a child as, as well at heart, to be honest. I'm very childlike in a lot of ways. But I've always been, like, they really gravitate towards me and I gravitate towards them. And I have a really good, like, you know, conversation with children from all ages. But the ones that we've been working with in particular have been that sort of teenage years, like the 14, 15, 16. And I think what's really special is that they're at, because I remember what it was like as a 15-year-old. And you're really at that, they are really at that pivotal point where I think they can make a defining decision to go one way or the other. You know, they're sort of doing their exams. They've got options of, you know, do they go to university? Do they, or, you know, what subjects do they take to get them on that path or whatever it is? And, you know, I just feel they're a really, but it, it can also be quite vulnerable. It can be quite a hard place because you are mm-hmm. facing all these decisions that you need to try and make and you don't actually really know. So, I think what I've learned, especially with working with them, is, you know, most of them just get the the curriculum. They get (laughs) so quickly. And, you know, I could spend years speaking to adults about this way and being impact driven and being positive. And they just get it. Like It's so tuned in. They're so tuned in. It makes so much sense to them. And then they have this enthusiasm to go and create and do things, go and create things. And I think that's a real great quality is this, you know, let's just go and try stuff out. And and definitely an insight into how much they dream bigger. Mm. Um, you know, one example is we actually had a, te- um, a little team that got formed, a business that got formed, if you like, from our initial cohort in Mount Gambia. And then um, they decided that they believe the education system is not fit for purpose. So they started B, which is benefit enterprise education, which is their way of teaching people about a new way is to take what they've learned and teach it to all other high schools, but also to teach the teachers a different way to teach. So it's actually, they're really challenging the traditional system, which is amazing. But their dreams were so big. Like they were like, we want to be on Sunrise TV and we also want um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's our favorite B Corp. So we want to have um, like a honey flavor, like made, like made just for us. And they, they're they just like, yeah, that's on our vision board. So that's going to happen. And they, we want to get this award, but they've never 
ever heard of up until a few months ago and they applied and got this award the teenage entrepreneur award entrepreneur of the year award that was it for the work they were doing in the school and I was just like how amazing that they chose some big ideas big big business idea that challenges so much and they're so open they're so excited they have this energy and excitement and zest and I think wow like you're 15 years old, you know all these things, you've been open enough to embrace it and you're just going to go out there and try some stuff. I think Look, you- I can, can really hear in your voice as you talk about the youth in particular, just how um, much that lights you up, their energy and their enthusiasm and their, their vision and without having the doubts. And I've taught in primary school so I can completely relate that there's this purity of thought that yeah. where children haven't yet had to go out into the world and just face so many different conflicting complex uh, environments that in that little sort of nebulous of the school environment, it's, it's the perfect time to plant that seed for impact entrepreneurship because they're receptive and ready to yeah. learn. So I, I look forward to seeing what you set out to do with that particular group. And yeah. as we finish up today, I'd, I'd love for you to share, you know, with this theme of making a definitive decision and it's mm. the, the essence and, and core of what your business definity is about. Mm. Is there one tip you can leave for our listeners about making a definitive decision about starting an impactful company? What's the first step or something to keep in mind? The very first step in starting an impact business is dropping into your heart to know if that's where it's coming from. Mm. I think a lot of the time we think from our heads. And again, it's just so powerful when you create that stillness and you just listen to what is coming from your heart. Because I believe heart is, is directly correlated with positive impact. Um, and you know so I think the first step is actually getting in tune with yourself and really listening and that may take a bit of time but you know there's lots of tools and techniques and meditation and breath work and lots of things you can do to get you into that place but get get yourself into that place to understand and listen is this coming from the heart and what is it and what do I need to do next so I think that's the first step yeah and, and honestly I think when just purely on the experience I've had in the last year when it comes from deep in your heart and you act from that place it's like it just flows so much yes. better. it flows from a completely different place and it actually flows at a completely different pace and actually faster if you were trying to grind it and work it every single day it just flows and because it's pure this idea is pure and the solution that you have is pure it actually is much easier for you to build the business it's almost like it, it the like I, the way I describe divinity is I facilitate this that has to come to the world that's yes. it. I facilitate it I'm just the vehicle and the voice yes. to get it out there but essentially it's come from my heart and um, deep deep intuition is used for the next step and the next step and then so people just gravitate towards it because it's it's goodness it's greatness it's pure whereas 
if you're like, oh, I need to start this business, I can see this problem because of X, Y, and Z, and I need to make money and do, 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 like, yes, get into all it's, the it's a completely different energy. And I, I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up is to really encourage people to have a heart centered approach to bringing their, their mission to life because I think we're moving, strangely, it's almost been sort of the dark ages during the pandemic where we've had to call upon inner wisdom and heart-centred approach to actually create change because the whole sort of world context has been changing. And as you say, this logical approach doesn't really work now because people are shifting to wanting to work from home more. They're really conscious of the time and the energy that they have and what they want to put in. So we're rebuilding that whole model for business. And I love that you're saying the starting point is through a heart-centred approach. So, Michelle, it's been wonderful to have you today on Meet the Leaders Insider Stories with Impact Business Innovators. I'm sure we could co- to keep talking for ages, but, but let's, um, let's reconnect and perhaps have you back on the program in another six months or 12 months to see where you're at with Definity and yes. what you've achieved with Empowering Youth. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining me as we listened into Michelle's startup story. Definity is only at the beginning of its journey, but I can imagine that Michelle is going to go on and empower many more entrepreneurs. I thought it's really interesting that she's even working with a hairdresser and that the B Corp model can be applied to any business at any stage. It's such a wonderful model to aspire to, to work towards the highest ethical and sustainable standards of business. And I can't wait to check in with Michelle in the next six to 12 months and find out how she's um, putting together and implementing this program for youth entrepreneurship. There's so much to do here in this space of giving youth the option to explore entrepreneurship as a career path. And I think to embrace the new wave of conscious business at such a young age where children are actively thinking about how they can solve complex social and environmental problems through everyday business. So thank you for joining me. I hope you uh, take away some learnings and are courageous in living your own values and build better businesses. I appreciate you and have a great day.